Cell phones on silent and shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> the show is about to begin. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Shipwreck Show. My name is Shipwreck and I will be your hostess with the mostest. And it's Wednesday night and we've got JD or Chicano Patriot, whichever, however you follow him on social media. He's got him on with us. Former January 6th prisoner who just got out not that long ago. And the timing of this live couldn't be more perfect uh, with all of the J6 stuff going on, which happened obviously last night. I don't know if you keep up with the news and the stuff. We'll talk a little bit about that, but kind of. Uh, but JD, welcome back. Welcome to the show. You've been on here before, but we got lots of new people. Welcome back. It's good to see you. Absolutely. No, I'm happy to be back. This is actually my third, second, second uh, show since I've been back in the real world. So, um, yeah, boy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm glad to be. I'm glad to be home though. No, you look great. So, JD, like I said, we've got probably got some new people here since the last time we've had you on. So I'm going to take you back to like the beginning. So you are a videographer. That's kind of your job. Talk to me a little bit about what happened. What happened with January 6th? You were going to go. What happened? No, I, I went. I, obviously, you did um, I, I'm a filmmaker. That's what I do. Uh, that's what I've been doing since 2012. Um and I went to January 6th to document whatever events I could potentially get. Uh, didn't expect the events that I got documented to get were going to be as crazy as it was, but that's what I got. Uh, fortunately, instead of it skyrocketing my career, it sent me to prison instead because, yeah, like uh, unlike some people, I did go inside the Capitol. Uh, I got four misdemeanor charges that I was, I was found guilty of. Uh, thank God I only got uh, eight months in prison. I only served six of those eight, though. And... Um, but, you know, they did, they had some disorderly conduct and parading and picketing kind of stuff that I'm appealing currently. Um, however that goes, I don't know. But really, the, the worst of it's behind me. Uh, now, now I'm home and uh, ready to see what's what's next. So what got you interested in going to the J6 rally? Because it was a rally. Like, and I remember yeah. this. We, we streamed a lot of it. I know you were going. We had talked. And we had a lot of people going. I didn't go. But we had a lot of people going. And so we streamed most of the day, given off and on with their footage. Now, what was your, what? why did you want to go to January 6th? What were you under the impression that January 6th was? Well, I, I went there. I was a diehard Trump supporter, a uh, big time conservative, outspoken conservative, outspoken Trump supporter. Um, I went there as a Trump supporter. I, I knew it was a stop to steal rally. Um, I still feel like there was some negligence in the, um, in the election, uh, but I also feel that there's negligence in every election that we have. Uh, but when I went there, again, I went there as a supporter, uh, a person who supports President Trump. And I also knew that was going to be like the last time that all the big conservative names, <clears throat> and obviously around that time, a lot of us, you, me, all our TikTok people, so many people were going to be there. And I was just like, this is going to be getting, probably going to be my last chance to have this big, you know, hoorah with everybody, <clears throat> excuse me, and, um, and just check it out and just see what it's like. Uh, again, um, honestly, I did expect something to go crazy uh, because every other rally. So just to quick uh, back up a little bit, I did go to a, almost every Trump rally from August to December. So I was documenting. I was doing journalism. I was doing all of that, at all these Trump rallies. And at every Trump rally I went to, there was something that happened with Antifa, BLM and Trump supporters. So in my head, I'm like, there's something big is going to happen that this one guaranteed if you have this many uh, MAGA, MAGA supporters coming to D.C., there's no way that nothing crazy is going to happen. There's no way that they don't clash with Antifa. There's no way that BLM doesn't clash. And um, as crazy as it was, that's not what happened that day. 
Okay. So talk to me a little bit about that day. So you packed up everything, you got there, you were videotaping things. What was going on around you at the time? That, that, you know, that's the one thing. Oh, Lord. Sorry. <laughs> You're fine. That's the one thing that um, baffles me a bit, right? When we talk about January 6th, the only footage that anybody shows is what happened at the Capitol that day. You don't see nothing about what happened prior to the Capitol, what was going on that morning from like 6 o'clock in the morning before anything that happened at the Capitol. The, the, the camaraderie, the morale, the excitement that was going on was probably one of the coolest things I've ever been a, been a part of, right? And we're talking about a diverse group of individuals. I'm an Hispanic man, right? There was a lot of us. There was a lot of Hispanic people there. There was a lot of black people. There was a lot of Chinese people there. People that were running around with flags that literally said that. So it was just amazing to see, like, for me as a Christian, uh, it was, it was a, it was, to me, it was like, that's what heaven would probably look like. It's a big cluster of everybody and everything embodied into one specific thing. And that's what I was seeing that day. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, once we started marching down to the, to the Capitol, um, that's when everything, you know, went left real fast. Mind you, I wasn't even at the Capitol when they, when, when they first uh, started going through the Capitol and getting into the Capitol. I wasn't even there when the first fences went down, when everybody was fighting with the cops. I came there probably about 30, 45 minutes later. So I was a part of like the third, the third wave, third or fourth wave of individuals who went into the Capitol that day. Um, but I was literally the first person in Florida to be arrested on January 6th. Um, I think I was one of the first, one of the, I think there was like three or four of us who've actually gone to trial, um, who didn't take a plea deal. I, I was one of the first ones to go to trial, not taking the plea deal, and was found guilty on all four charges, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, like it, it is, it bothers me that nobody has seen enough footage of what happened that day prior to the chaos. Obviously, the chaos is what's going to sell. That's what everybody is going off of. Why Trump's being impeached again or indicted? Excuse me. Um, and that's the only that's the only way that the, the the news organizations can get any type of influence out there right now is talking about January 6th from the chaotic standpoint. Mind you, they're talking about the wrong part of it. But, you know, I'm kind of biased because I've been to prison for it. So. Right. So and talk to me. So talk to me a little bit about like you. So you were filming what? Where's your stuff? Like, do you have the footage? Still? No. So, yeah, Jan January 20th on Inauguration Day, the FBI came in. Uh, when I say they stormed my house, they stormed my house. They came in, uh, guns at the ready. Um, you know, most people would call them assault rifles, but we all know what they are. Uh, <laughs> we they, came in. they came in. That's what upset me, right? I'm, I did. I was in the Marine Corps for 10 years, so I've been on that side of the rifle. I've been on that side of the of, of the security. So when they came in at me, I mean, he literally pointed the weapon at my face, and I looked dead, dead like, square in the eyes. And I said, are you really effing doing this right now? Like, are we really going to do this? I had my hands up, ready to go, and, you know, we had roughly 40-plus FBI agents surrounding my house for misdemeanor charges, you know? it's it's uh, So they took everything, everything that I have, everything that I used to film, my cameras, my tablets, even my, my son's phone, anything electronic, they took. And that was 2021, and I haven't received any of that back. So we're talking about $20,000, $25,000 worth of gear. It was literally my livelihood. Um, after they took all, before they took all that, remember Facebook and Instagram permanently banned me. I so that. I was living, you know, I was making a living off of Facebook and Instagram from mm -hmm. my, from what I was doing, right? Like I got my clientele from Facebook and, and Instagram because that's where I did business. That's where everybody does business. So anybody who knew what I did as far as photography and, and, um, cinematography goes, that's where people found me and booked me. 
but all of a sudden, you know, four to five years worth of work gone, just gone. And I couldn't get nothing back and I still can't get nothing back. So since 2021, I've been working my way to get back up, uh, except for obviously beginning of this year where I self surrendered, um, and took a little hiatus for six months. But Heather wants to know if they x-rayed your house like they did to others. X-rayed? Uh, I don't know. Sure what that means. Yeah. I don't know. Um, they rated it. They definitely, they went through every nook and cranny. Uh, they did have a warrant. See, that's what's crazy. <clears throat> they did have a warrant, but they never showed me the warrant. They never gave me my warrant. When my, when my they have to, don't they? They're supposed to. And I told my lawyer, and I'm not going to get into my lawyer. That's going to upset me. So <laughs> that's a whole nother story. But when my wife got back, she asked, okay, well, where's the warrant? They're like, oh, we'll get it to you. The entire time, the entire process, never once did they show us a warrant. Never once did they show us until I was at the, uh, at the FBI facility, wherever the hell that is out here. And it was after all the agents were gone, they finally gave it to my wife and said, here you go, here's the warrant. After the fact. What the warrant, like what did the warrant specifically say, do you know? Uh, I, if it, it's on my phone, actually, I could. I could um, <laughs> no, you're fine. I was just curious. It, basically just saying that they need to come in and confiscate any electronic devices. Now, was your family home when they came in, stormed your house, my all family, Hollywood they, style? They just left. They just went to school. So, look, that's the one thing. Like, I'm not saying the FBI is good. I can't stand them. Like, I, I'm not for them at all anymore, right? But right. Um, what I can say, what I'm appreciative of is the fact that they, they waited on purpose for my kids to go to school before they did that. Now, I can't say that that's, that's the same thing for everybody else that's gone through this because I've seen just the horrendous acts that these FBI agents have done to a lot of my friends. Um, and heard the stories because I was incarcerated with a couple guys uh, in, in Jessup. But uh, I was lucky that they didn't do that and put my kids through that. And I'm great. I'm great. I am grateful for that. But that doesn't mean I don't. I can't not like them. I still don't like them. I'm just grateful they didn't put my kids through something so dramatic. Right. Yeah. Well, that's that's what I, I for some reason I thought your kids were home. Uh, Melinda wants to know if you plan on suing. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd absolutely love to. I mean, I have a lot of reasons to. Um, I actually have a lawyer, uh, Larry Clayman. Um, okay. He, uh, most people know him, N- not a lot of people do, but he's doing it pro bono um, and he's working on stuff. But right now, because of the fact that I was found guilty of all four char- charges, there's not a lot that they can do currently. And again, I don't know enough about the legal system on how or what. I do know my constitutional rights were um, um, were broken that day. Uh, where you know they they definitely screwed me over on that. But um, right. And again, we, you know, loved my governor for who he was, but I don't love him for what he, what he didn't do um, to include my, my district, to, to include to my district representative who's done absolutely yeah. nothing for me. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of stuff and to include the sheriff's department here who could have easily said we can handle it. We can figure this out. There's no reason the sheriff's department has to give the OK for the FBI to to, to come into to someone's house. Right. Correct. The thing that pisses me off is the sheriff's department knew who I was. I worked with them. I've worked with them on videos. They've done stuff. I've done stuff for them. So it's not like they didn't know who I was. They could have easily taken over and said, let us handle this. And I, what I've turned myself in 100%, I, I would have given them the same information that they got, but I probably still would have done the six months, maybe less, maybe none, but it was, you know, they had to do that Hollywood style tactics. I mean, my, my road is the main road here in, in, in Pensacola, Florida. It's the main road to get from the Naval air station to all the, the major stuff, to the beach, you name it. So when they blocked up the Fairfield, it was blocked up. I mean, so 40 you think agents it was more just of a, around the house. 
you think it was more of like a ceremonial thing, like a setting of an example? Yeah, yeah absolutely. It was 100% that. It was the easiest thing um, for them to do. They, they ain't got a lot going on, so it was the easiest thing for them to do. I was the first great. one. They had they had to they had to show their force for whatever reason, but um, yeah, it was a uh, it was a horrible day to say the least. So the RGS on Rumble asks if a, uh, as a political prisoner, did you get treated any differently while you were incarcerated? Um, yeah, but not in a way that people would think so. So when I went. Again, I got, I've got to I've got to express this, um, and, and you know this shit. I've i my my walk with my faith has been strong, extremely strong, um, devout devout uh, follower of Christ, and I honestly feel that every step of the way that God's been there with me through this whole thing, and I say that because, again, even though let's start with the FBI raid, my kids weren't here the day that I was arrested, and I got to come home the next day. Um, I was able to get a lawyer. I had large amount fall huge following that helped me get my first lawyer um from there once i was finally all this stuff was going on um i was able to maintain a job uh i was able to well when i finally went to prison um instead of getting the 12 months that they wanted they only gave me six months now they sent me to jessup which is in georgia which is six and a half seven hours away from home but the place they sent me was a very I hate the place. Don't get, don't get me wrong. I hate the place. Uh, right. Solitary confinement was crap, right? But once I got to the actual low security, I, I mean, it was basically a vacation for me. I didn't have any problems. I was working out. I was eating. I was studying the Bible, studying the Quran. I was doing everything to get myself right mentally, physically, spiritually. Um, but the place where I was it is highly populated by SOs and illegal immigrants. You know what an SO is, right? No, I feel like uh, I should, but I don't. Um, can I say anything on this? I don't know. I don't know what you're. I don't either. I don't even know anymore. Okay. Just well, an SO is a sexual offender. So somebody oh, who's okay. been incarcerated for sexual offenses. Um, sure. this, this place was 60% sexual offenders. And they go there to be protected. So when you go to a, you go to a prison like Jessup, you go there because they know based off of their crime, if they go to any other prison or penitentiary, they're done. Like, right. it's, yeah. it's done. So they go to a prison like Jessup to be protected. The other people that go to Jessup are police officers, and I knew a few of them, um, police officers that we've seen in the, in the news for um, certain acts of violence or say, or say so, you know what I mean? Um, okay. And, and failed rappers who have uh, ratted out their fellow, you know, clients and, and rappers and Again, when they get caught, they got to go to somewhere like Jessup because that's a place where people go to be secure and not have to worry about their lives in another, another prison. I went to Jessup because I wasn't allowed to go to the camp, which is 10 miles up the road from my house, because as a January 6er, uh, male January 6ers were denied uh, the, the opportunity to go to camps, which is the lowest security prison prison out there. Like what? Um, what is it? What is a camp, though? They call it like, is it a? It's a camp, like it's a camp the prison, that they built so specifically for J6ers? No, or? Just, so just think of a prison, just think of a prison without walls or without fences. That's all it is. Okay. That's why it's called a camp. Okay. So they, they literally, <clears throat> at a camp, these guys go fishing, they barbecue, they have uh, weekends with families, they have special days where the families come and hang out. This is really a place where like people who are getting out of prison are ready to get out. And you're kind of like, they're trying to show you what it's like to be a little bit in the, in the real world. 
but you still have COs and everybody, you know, monitoring you, the whole works. Um, okay. But as a January sixer with uh, low recidivism, one of the lowest scores because I, you know, I, I had misdemeanor charges, don't have a criminal record, uh, served the Marine Corps honorably. Like my, my record is, is, is great. So I went in with like extremely low points. I think it was like four or five. Um, and, but that is supposed to allow you to go to a camp, but because I'm a January sixer, January sixers have a specific title. Basically you're a domestic terrorist as a January sixer. So you're uh, treated differently in that aspect. Uh, there were some guards that treated me like crap, but the good thing is I was in Georgia. We know anything about Georgia. A lot of those people are generally Republican. Um, so a lot of the, a lot of the guards that were on that were, didn't bother me at all. They, they didn't even care that I was, I mean, they, they were excited that it was a January 6th there, but I was like the fourth one by that time. So for them, it was just like, oh, it's cool. But they literally would, when I came in, they're like, oh no, you're going to have it easier. Don't, don't worry about it. I'm like, all right, that's all I need to know. Um, outside of that, you know, prison being prison, you got to show who you are. You got to be who you are. Um, it wasn't hard for me to gain ground and, and be, and, you know, I represented myself very well, so I didn't have problems with anybody. Again, okay. I, uh, I went there more on a mission trip than a prison sentence. And that's what I promised my daughter, my family. And that's what I did for it. I, I went there to, um, to shed light in places where light normally isn't shed. Um, and to try to show the love of Jesus the way that Jesus showed me love. Um, that was my main thing. So for me, prison was actually pretty simple, to say the least. Now, mentally, it was tough. Um, it's tough for anybody. I mean, I've been with my family and friends constantly. So to be have everything taken away from you, and, and when I mean everything, you have everything taken away from you, even to include your dignity a couple times. Um, but you start over and you have nothing. You, you go into, again, solitary confinement. I was in confinement for two months. My first two months I was there, I was in confinement. I was in a medium security prison. I didn't even go to a low security. I was supposed to go to low. That's what I was sentenced to, but they sent me to a medium security. And um, I mean, I was locked up with, uh, with like El Chapo's freaking, uh, one of his head honchos, one of his bosses. Like that's who they had me locked up with. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to be friends this guy, obviously. You know what I mean? But <laughs> yeah, um, I do. These are the kind of people that I was, I was, I was, <laughs> I, these are the kind of people that I was incarcerated with. But you know, um, I, I can tell you one thing because of, you know, they're not all prisons are like this. I guarantee you, because we, we keep hearing the horror stories of some prisons, but a lot of the inmates, when they found out who I was and why I was in, and the fact that I was in a federal prison on misdemeanors, they all loved me. You know, they pretty okay. much let me get whatever I wanted, however I wanted it. Um, because they, they would say, dude, you fought for what you believed in. You fought the government, you lost, but you still fought for what you believed in. The rest of us got screwed over by the government. Anybody in federal prison, you got screwed over by the government. Whether you were directly involved or indirectly involved, you're going to get screwed over by the federal government if it's federal prison. So I I had kind of a, um, I don't want to say a good time. I had a definitely a, uh, it was good atmosphere around me because of who I was and what it was all about. 90% of the people that are there um, couldn't stand Biden, I'll tell you that much, and they loved Trump. Even the illegal immigrants, like the illegal immigrants were, would, would, you know, gloat about how things were better under Trump and how it was, it was, it was harder to get across, but they just felt that it was easier because they had more of a chance of getting here the correct way and their family getting here the correct way. Where now they're talking about, well, it's bad for us because now uh, the Biden administration is allowing so many illegal immigrants to come in <clears throat> that the cartel's losing money 
And now the cartel's killing off people and doing stuff to individuals who are working for the cartel because they no longer have a way to earn the money the way they were they, they used to because now everybody knows, hey, it's free if you just walk in. Like you don't right. need to have you don't need to have the cartel or the uh, you know the uh, the coyotes, coyotes uh, as they call them, help you come through the border legally. Now it's just there's clear passage for you. So they said I never thought the, about that. They, no, it's crazy. Like I didn't think about that either. They're like no the the, the for a lot of them they worked for the cartel or the coyotes, um, not the cartel at all, but some coyotes. They're like we lost business. Like and when we lost business, we started doing our own thing and we got caught because we didn't have the structure fail. Like there was no more structure because there was no reason. There's no making money. Um, so everybody was taking their own trucks and vans and just driving across the border, getting caught kind of thing because they didn't, you know, they're being told they can just kind of come through. So, um, you know, prison, I can tell you, prison opened my eyes to a lot of things, a lot of things, man. Um, the corruptness in, in our system. Um the, uh, the 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 child sex trafficking that we, we talk about on a daily that we're worried about, I can tell you right now, um, and I don't know where this will go with this this channel, but I can tell you right now the BOP has has a lot has a lot of problems as far as being a part of that. And if the you BOP. want to, the B, the Bureau of Prisons. Oh, the Bureau of Prisons. Thank yeah. you. Yes. Okay. The system itself. Put it this way. Let me let me explain it as simple as I can. So a lot of individuals, like I said, that were arrested where I was, where I was uh, incarcerated, a majority of them were sexual offenders, right? They, they went into prison for child pornography, child sex trafficking, et cetera, et cetera. Now, when you find out that these people are like, you know, they, they call it uh, clickers, individuals who click on websites, they go and they go click, 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 click. Um, and they eventually get found out by some FBI agent or whatever, and they get arrested. <clears throat> You got to start thinking about who is in control of those websites. Why are those websites up? Right? right. So these guys are getting arrested. What they're doing is disgusting and sick. Absolutely. But the worst part about it is that the individuals who are control of the websites that are getting these people caught up are the same people who are arresting them. So. So it's like know, a bait. They're like baiting them in. One hundred percent. They are in control. They are in control of the websites. They are in control of the websites that are getting people caught up. If it wasn't, we can get rid of these websites. We talk about it all the time, right? Well, if these websites get taken down, why can't these ones be taken down? Well, because it's controlled by the government. The government has hands in on these type of things that continuously get people incarcerated for these kind of situations. Now, that's just one small thing compared to a lot of the stuff that we're dealing with. Tax evasion, you know, fraud in general, <clears throat> you name it. Anything the government has its hand in arresting people, it's because they had a hand in getting it taken care of so they can... You know, they gotta, they, they got to have these things happen so they can maintain their job. You know what I mean? But it's upsetting to know, and I have 100% proof, that the BOP is uh, definitely distributing stuff that they shouldn't be distributing to maintain and keep SOs in prison, so on and so on. Um, but that's a whole other story <clears throat> that one day hopefully someone will allow me to get out and finally go through it. But a lot of people are afraid to talk about it, and I understand it because my buddy who was talking about it, he's... He's still in prison right now. Uh, he got sent to another prison. He never got to come back to a prison. I, I mean, his, the whole situation is crazy. But uh, I'm in contact with his wife. That's the only reason why I know what's going on with him. But he was supposed to be gone on the 14th of last month, and his uh, prison sentence got pushed back. So, you know, there's, there's a lot going on. Now, I can tell you right now, a lot of those people that are in prison deserve to be in prison. And I hope they Right. Well, not. that's... That's what I was going to say. Then it kind of comes down to a personal responsibility. Like, I get mm -hmm. that the government's setting you up, but 
at the same time, you shouldn't be looking at it to begin with. Absolutely. I mean, That's what I told them all the time. There's guys that I talked to and I, they were like, oh, I was set up. I was like, yeah, but you, you're the one who clipped. You went right. looking for it. No one told you to go looking for it. You went looking for it. Set up or not, you did it. Like, you can't, every, but I can tell you, every SO, they swear they were set up. Every one of them. Of course they Everybody, in, in, in prison, everybody, in prison, everybody, everybody's innocent. There's, they, there's shows. They're so specifically dedicated to that very thing. What is that one mm -hmm. guy? He comes and he's like, take a seat, take a seat. And they're like, I was set up. Well, yeah, you were, but you did it. I mean, again, that comes back to personal yeah, responsibility. Yeah. Heather had asked earlier. Yeah, so I I, I, I'm, I'm writing them down here, you guys. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Heather had asked about your record. Now, you came out of prison. We'll go back and talk a little more about that. But you came out of prison now. Do you is this record gonna follow you or does it gonna fall off at any point or how long is this gonna it, stick around? It, it follows me the rest of my life, but I, I'm not Forever. worried about it. I don't have any felonies. It's not no felonies. I, I have my <clears throat> mind you, I don't have my guns because I can't have any while on probation, but um, I still can vote. I can get my, my weapons back once I'm off probation. Um, I haven't lost anything. Finding work isn't hard for me. I mean, actually, right now. It's been a blessing. More and more people have been reaching out to me to get me work now versus how it was before. You remember before, I, I mean, I was blacklisted. Like, I couldn't get work for the life of me. Like, I was looking for work. Now people are throwing it at me. I mean, I even got an opportunity. Um, so not a lot of, a lot of people know this, but my kids, uh, they do a lot of film work and commercials, so they have a talent agent. And okay. once I got out of prison, she reached out to me. She goes, hey, I need to sign you. We need to start getting you booked for projects. And I said, let's do it. So... You might see me on the big screen. <laughs> so That'd be something. Cool. It'd be better than seeing some of these people from Hollywood. I can tell you that. And we talked about uh, that for a long time. It is going to be. Yeah. It's going to be people like you. It's going to be people. I mean, all of this stuff is being replaced by by people on social media. So I could definitely see something like that for you in the long run. No, um, yeah. Somebody else had a question. They asked if you. I don't remember the question. So you went in, you went in with, with the Bible. There you go. Did JD minister any of the film inmates while you were in there? That was yeah, 100%. Like I said, <clears throat> the hardest part was, was leaving my family. So for me, okay. um, to, to my daughter specifically, she, she took it the hardest, man. But I, um, when I talked before the day before I left, I looked at her and I said, daddy's not going to prison. I'm going on a mission trip. Let's make it a mission trip. And that made her feel better. Right. We're a Christian yeah. family. So yeah. the entire time that I was there, that's what I focused on. Um, the two months that I was in confinement, ministering was, was I don't want to say it was easy, um, but people, people knew who I was as a Christian immediately. Um, I'm the, I was the one who wanted to help out, give things. My church, there, okay, so there was, I want to say there was about 30 of us men in this confinement area. Um, if you ever watched 60 Days In, that, that's literally what my, that's literally what I was, that was my jail. That was the same thing. It was in confinement, right? Okay. So that just gives you a, a visual of what the layout was and how it all went down. It was exactly the same. So it was crazy walking into it. But there was about 30 of us there. And um, again, 90% of them were illegal immigrants. None of them spoke English at all. Even one were guy- they, would, Were they in for being an illegal immigrant or were they mm -hmm. in for other things? For, for illegal immigration. Because the, gotcha. so remember last year, they just shut down all of the private- um the private ice facilities so when they shut down all the private ice facilities jessup and all these other prisons became new ice facilities so i was in basically it seemed like a transitioning ice facility but these guys because they didn't speak any english it was hard for them 
to do anything with some of the, the medical people and whatnot there. And they're, I can tell you right now, uh, excuse my language, but the medical staff there are complete assholes. They treat you like garbage. And it sucked, right? I hated seeing human beings being treated the way we were. Now, again, there's certain individuals where I didn't care, but I still have a heart for people. And I don't like people being treated like garbage in front of me, regardless of who you are. I don't know what they've done. Most of the people that I was in prison with, I don't know their story yet. I didn't know their stories. So for me, it was just like, man, I can't stand this. So I made it a point to go with them every time they would go somewhere and be the translator. Is my Spanish great? No, it wasn't. But it was enough to get them to understand what was needed by both both sides, both the non-Spanish speaking and by the non-English speaking. And I became that person. Uh, and um, because of that, like I was, I was, I mean, they, they loved me for it. We literally called my church and had my church send over nothing but Spanish speaking Bibles because while we were in solitary confinement, the, the, the prison wouldn't give us Bibles, right? For me, that was, that was tough because I was, I was in a bad spot, shit. Like I was in a bad spot mentally. And I was like, I just need to read a Bible. I just need, I need some type right. of comfort. And they wouldn't give me a Bible. So I had to have my wife finally, you know, like a week later when I finally got hold of her, um, she sent me a Bible. We found out about the Spanish people and I sent them all Bibles. And, and, and it was one of those things to see the faces on these individuals just because they received a Bible from me. Uh, they would be like, oh, how much do I owe you? Let me get you shoes. Let me get you some noodles. And I'm like, I don't want nothing, man. I'm just here to share the gospel with you, brother. And it was just like, they, they knew that, right? So that was, that's kind of what I was doing the entire time I was there. I was finding ways to help the needy, right? I, people were, people were helping me out. I always had, <clears throat> excuse me, money in my commissary. So because I was at this point, I said, you know, I'm going to focus on my weight. I'm going to go on a diet for the first time and actually, you know, get shape. Hey, um, they, uh, I would purchase, yeah, you're good, grandma. I would purchase $180 worth of food, but I would only keep about $20 of it because I only kept like the chicken, the salmon and the right. stuff that I wanted to eat. But there's people that would come in that they didn't have family. I mean, people from Nigeria or, or Nicaragua, like they didn't have family. They didn't have the opportunities they have. They couldn't even call home. So who was going to put money on the books? So they're stuck eating nasty cold food that was either moldy or just unedible. And I was like, I can't, I can't do this. So I would spend a lot of my money providing, you know, food for these guys, whether it be noodles, cup, you know, soup, all that other stuff. And that was, that was just my way of, of being able to help out individuals that I knew didn't have it any way, any other way. So um, that was kind of what I did. And um, when we got to the low, I was, we had a prayer group every night though. So I can tell you that too. So I led a prayer group uh, every single night for uh, almost a month and a half. Every, every night at seven 30, we had a bunch of men praying. And uh, one of the coolest things, anybody out there um, just wants to know, one of the coolest things that, that sticks in my memory was, um, we had a couple Muslims, we had uh, a bunch of Hispanic guys, Brazil, Argentina, uh, Mexico, different nationalities, right? You had some heavy accent, you know, country accent boys in there, and you had, you know, typical uh, just northern accents. And uh, we would always end on uh, our father. And I was just like, hey, guys, I want to do something different this one time. I want everybody to say the, our father, but in your own language. And it was really cool to hear everybody say our father we're, we're saying the same prayer in their right. own their own dialect their own language um and again it was kind of one of those mo it was for me it was like a surreal moment like like it was god telling me hey you're doing the right thing you're here doing what i asked you to do you know and you're good and it was it wasn't long after that where i was finally released from the from solitary confinement and set down uh, set to the low and there was a lot of times that that did happen but 
um, there were so many ministering opportunities there, um, so many. And, and again, you know, I, I didn't see myself as somebody different when I walked into prison because I knew that once I was behind those bars and in those gates, that it didn't matter what my crime was. I was no right. different than these guys, unfortunately, um, because I had to live with them, eat with them, sleep with them, the whole works. Like it, everything you do is them. So I, I, I took that opportunity to reach the masses the best I could, to talk to the individuals who everybody else looked down or didn't want to talk to. Um, and people actually respected me for that. I didn't have a problem with people being like, oh, you can't talk to them because they're this or they're that. Um, I, I had a lot of people that would come to me, a lot of people of every walk of life, I'm telling you, um, that would come and sit and talk to me because I would pray for them or pray with them. Or we would just sit there and talk about Jesus and talk about life and, and you know, just kind of do my best to be like, look, everything's going to be fine when you're all said and done. Family's good, you know. So it's just hard to talk to men and give them encouragement when, um, you know, they have a 10 to 15 year sentence, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and my sentence was only, it was only eight months. So for me, that was another hard thing was to uh, try to give them the words of encouragement that I had because I knew I was getting out a lot sooner than they would. Um, but I did, I I was able to do it. I was able to, um, I was able to help a handful of guys, um, find their way to Christ, you know, and, um, that's, that's all that mattered. If it was just for one person, if I had, if, if, if God sent me to prison those, those six months to help just that one person, then I, then I feel like I did what I needed to do. So I, I, I I took it as a mission trip. I came out on, on, on top. Um, I feel, great about what I did. Um, my testimony from prison is, is going to be one um, that I hope can resonate with a lot of people, especially for J6ers, um, specifically for January 6ers, because, you know, we still have thousands of, of, of J6ers who are still pending charges and pending potential prison time. So, you know, I, 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 it, it sucks to hear it, yes, but I, I, I want people to know there's, there's, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. There really is. Um, but it, it depends, right? Like, do you become a victim of this or do you become a victim of this? I'm choosing to be a victim. I'm not going to be a victim of my circumstances. I'm not going to be a victim of the circumstances of the political party. I am going to be victorious in the entire thing because that's who I am. Now I've had a couple questions. I've got them on. I'm, I'm writing them down as they come through. I'm so ready. I'm ready. One of the questions was, were you in there with cash? I don't know who cash. No, it wasn't in there with cash. I would actually, I was incarcerated with, uh, Kevin Creek and, and um, Lonnie, <clears throat> can't remember Lonnie's last name, but Lonnie was the old man who got uh, arrested because um, when they when they went through and they started checking everybody's cars, he had like Molotov cocktails and all sorts of crazy stuff in his okay. truck. Yeah. So oh, I was God. there with him. Um, and yeah, those were the two guys that I was with. There's, uh, the other guys had already moved to the camp before I, well, not the camp, they uh, had already moved away to um, halfway house before I got there. So at the time it was only me, Kevin and and Lonnie. Okay. Another question that I have is DeSantis. And I know you and I had talked about this before you went in, you had some feelings around your representative and specifically your governor, who at the time was still just your governor, but now obviously is running for president. Talk to me a little bit about your feelings. Let's start with DeSantis and then wrap in with your uh, your local representative. Uh, DeSantis. Did they reach out? No, no, absolutely not. So I and I could I could send you the I could send you the email, but I sent an email when it happened, and the email that I got from them was it's a legal matter and they can't get involved legally, 
which that upsets me, right? Because uh, at the time I understood it, I was like, all right, cool. At least you gave me a response. I'll give you that much. Right. But he says they couldn't get involved in legal matter because it's legal matter. So I had to, you know, do it a different way. But do you remember the Marine who choked out that guy on the subway? Yes, I do. Okay. What did DeSantis do? He got involved then. Legally. Yeah. Right. He yeah. literally he literally posted yep. this Marine's legal information and said on his Twitter and everywhere else it said, support this guy because this is what's going on. Here's his legal information. Help support him in his legal funds. Do you think it's and he's not think, even from Florida? I mean, do you think maybe he knew he was running? I mean, and this was kind of a Trump thing, as we're Absolutely. gonna talk about that too. One hundred percent he knew he was running. He, he, that, he that, came that, here and campaigned before he even announced all of a sudden this dude's in Iowa. He just yeah. got to be governor of Florida again, and I'm getting campaign flyers from DeSantis. Yeah, it doesn't make insane. any sense. A lot, a lot of, I mean, it, it's it's crazy how much the, uh, now, I still love DeSantis for what he's done for Florida as a governor. I still okay. love him for that, right? Uh, I think it was stupid that he decided to run against Trump. I think that was the dumbest thing he could have done. Um, but maybe not, because what's going on with Trump, right? Well, okay. Uh, that was another question yeah. I got. Did Donald, did Trump reach out? No, absolutely not. Or he reached out. Uh, so no, no. Look, nobody, nobody reached out. Here's the thing: okay. is um, for me at least, I, I'm not. I wasn't important enough for anybody to reach out to. Right? I mine were misdemeanor charges. They knew I wasn't going to get a lot of time. Mine was none of my stuff was covered. You knew that. You were going to be the first person mm -hmm. to find out whether I was yep. uh, guilty or innocent after my after my trial. Um, my trial went to trial again. I was the first person to go to trial on misdemeanor charges and my entire thing went under, you know, it was just completely hushed. Nobody knew about it. Why not? Right. Mine wasn't important enough. Everything that happened to me wasn't important enough because I wasn't violent. I wasn't an extremist. I was there as a filmmaker and that's all. Mine was so mellow that it wasn't enough to gain attention or say, Hey, let's help him out. Like I didn't do nothing crazy enough for anybody to say, let's get involved in his situation. That's it, right? But because of that, you know, I mean, I have thousands and thousands of supporters because of who I am, what I did, what I've done. But it's upsetting to know that the same, I could tell you Trump and his lawyers reached out to my lawyer and everybody else's lawyer to get information about January 6th to know what we knew. But it's great. That's that's amazing. Love you for it. Cool. But how about you just reach out to me and say, hey, I'm there for you. That's really all I wanted. That's all yeah. I wanted for many of my representatives, the people that I who I'm a constituent of, the people that I was just like, I'm fighting for you. They didn't fight back for me. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. for me, I have no, my loyalty is with God. Yeah. That's, that's where my it's loyalty probably, stands. It's probably for the best. That's it. We're being really honest. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. Talk to me a little bit about where, okay, so I'm, I'm going to, so you get out and you're out and now we're talking about J6 is like all the rage again right now because last night Donald Trump got indicted for for basically being the head of J6 is what they're saying a whole bunch of stuff there's like four different charges do you feel like those charges are valid do you feel like what they're saying is true i i mean you were there they're saying that it was just the worst day and AOC cried and no man you know I, I don't. I don't feel a lot of the charges against him are valid. Just like I don't feel that the charges against me are valid. Or ninety percent of the individuals who are being charged are valid. They're not valid at all, right? Okay. Are there individuals? Excuse me. I keep burping because I drank my dog's pepper. Are there individuals who were there did something stupid? Absolutely. 
Are those people getting a lot of love? Yeah, and it's weird to me. That's what I was talking about. They're getting a lot of attention. They're getting a lot of feedback. They're getting a lot of representative help, but these are people who fought cops. These are people who kicked down barriers. These are people who broke windows. I don't understand why that is, but here's the thing. Anybody and everybody knew what was going on when we went to January 7th, you know, to, to the Capitol, right? We knew it was going to be a huge rally. We knew we were going to the Capitol. We didn't know what was going to happen at the Capitol. But for me, like, I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, it's Trump's fault that I decided to walk into a walk into a broken window and film stuff. That was 100% me. But I was doing it for work purposes, right? Prior to going to D.C., I was offered a job with WKRG to be a filmmaker, to be a cinematographer for them. And this was kind of my, hey, if I get this footage, I'm definitely getting the job. That's why I was there. Okay. Can't say that about everybody else. I'm speaking on my behalf. Okay, everyone's got to understand that. But for anybody to be like, well, it's Trump's fault, you know, that's, that's you know, your loyalty was him and you got in trouble because, no, I, I, I went to January 6th for him, yes, to, to meet him, hopefully, see him, <clears throat> get some footage with him, something. And I got some major footage the day before with, with certain individuals. But everything else, like, everybody had an opportunity to walk away. Everybody had an opportunity, you know, do I still feel that we were charged incorrectly? Yeah, absolutely. To say we were violently demonstrating or picketing and doing all that stuff, man, the footage that they used against me showed that I didn't do any of that stuff. But the judge specifically said that I was a part of it because I was a part of it. I chose the side of the insurrection because I have decided to stay. That's horrible, first off. That's not true. Um, first off, it's not an insurrection. It was an insurrection. I don't care what anybody says because if it was an insurrection, we would not be sitting here having this conversation right now. Promise. Oh yeah, no, no, I know. Like we we watched the insurrection that happened in um, God, they just had one. So, like not Paris. I don't remember where it was, but that was a true blue. Like they it wasn't long ago, the though. government. Yeah, a legitimate yeah. insurrection. A legitimate insurrection. You know, and the, the United that, States uh, was all like, know, yeah, yeah. And, and see, here's the thing: is you know, AOC saying that she was crying. Everybody, she wasn't even there when she said she was there, right? I know. Um, blatantly lies about where she was during the January 6th situation. She's not held accountable for her lies, but she can blatantly lie about it to try to get people in trouble, right? right? Harry Dunn, the police officer who's been a complete douchebag in this entire situation, who lied about Roseanne Boylan, who talked about, you know, what he was doing and certain individuals are calling him the N-word but can't prove it and doesn't have any, won't show the body cam footage to show everybody calling him the N-word. Like these, these police officers who are being held as heroes are, are really the most evil people that were out there. Um, but, you know, they're the ones that well, they're, are... They're all dead now, aren't they? No, no. Harry Dunn, he's still there. Um, Sick Nick. Oh, no, not Sick Nick. Sick Nick's the one who passed away. Um, what's the yeah. tattooed dude that got a job with CNN? It's crazy how that works, right? Um, uh, Nancy, that Nancy, didn't there... Wasn't that guy... Someone's saying he's a paid actor, like he's a crisis actor, like he's been in a couple different things. They've seen him in day six. and stuff. I don't know. I don't know. Someone else you know, has said I, he's Chris Watts. What's that? Someone also said he's Chris Watts. He looks I, just I, fucking I, like him. It's crazy. He, he does. He does. But I don't. I don't think he's. To be honest, a lot of. <clears throat> I don't think there's a lot of paid actors in this situation. I don't think it okay. was like that. I do think people just fell into the right places. Um, for specific things and they needed to have heroes and they needed to have villains um, and it was easy to to pick out who it was he got jacked mind you this guy pushed his way through the the rotunda goes into the crowd and all his body cam footage he's sitting there talking to all these people who are, are fighting back 
he's talking to him like, let's go, let's fight, let's do this. Right. And, and, and it's already crazy. So he gets pulled in and all of a sudden his demeanor changes when he's surrounded by thousands of Trump supporters, right? Now, they, what they're not showing you, why they're not showing his, his lapel camera is because there's a point where he draw, goes to draw his weapon, which they're all told not to do. And you can see hands go up like this, but then it wasn't shortly, it was too long after where some idiot comes around and tasers him in the neck. That was stupid, right? That didn't need to happen, but he did it because he was all wild up in this situation. But again, these individuals are, are held as heroes and they're claiming they have PTSD and all these injuries and whatnot. And, and, and was, was it as bad? Maybe in some parts, maybe. Um, as bad as they made it out to be on, on TV, no. It, what cracks me up is the images they use with all the fire and all that other stuff. That isn't even from us. That was from the police officers. All of that. All of that was from police officers. No. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like, flashbanging the whole works. The gas, the flashbangs, that wasn't any of us. That was them. Like, I mean, it's I, I got it on video myself. I have it on video. You go to Stop Hate, my buddy over the David Summerall, we've got plenty of footage that shows all of that. Um, Heather, but, wants uh, to, yeah. Heather wants to know, do you believe that there were planted agents? 100%. Absolutely. You know, um, in every single situation that's happened in America that has to deal with uh, federal agents being involved or getting people in trouble, there's always planted agents. Um, there's been planted agents in the Hells Angels since we can remember. There's been planted agents in everything that's ever happened all the way from Waco to January 6th. There's always going to be planted agents in every situation scenario. Why they're planted there, I don't know. I, I can't even pretend to act, you know, act like I know why. Um, I would like them to be held accountable. You know, I think finding out who they are would help a lot of J6ers because um, a lot of people pretend that, you know, it, you know, for people like myself and, and hundreds more, thousands more, um, we were given charges that we shouldn't be given charges because of stuff that planted agents did, right? If you're going to hold one person accountable, hold us all accountable. If you're going to let certain people go, let us all go. It should be how a did they, progress. How did they find you? <laughs> um, people from my church. People from my church. Okay, who, so you you were actually turned in. Like there was no because they were saying that a lot of people were saying that they had found them via like they went through the like traffic cam footage, like the cams nope. that are above, and now, did facial stuff, recognition. All my, I, I mean, all that's on record. All that stuff about me is on record as far as how they proved it was me. Um, but I was turned in by people from my local church. Yeah. You again, you going back? They, you going no, back I'm to that church? There. I'm back at that church and all the people who turned against me are gone. So, you know, they, when I came back, it was my church, you know, my church had my back. Um, certain individuals, the leadership of the church had my back. And I don't want to say they had my back as far as like they're gung ho conservatives or right wing. Um, they have my back as far as knowing, Hey, he's a Christian. He's one of, he's a fellow brother. Um, if he's done anything that you feel is, is wrong, how is he any worse or better than you? Uh, they didn't turn my back on, on who I was as far as, you know, believing in Christ went. Um, they didn't agree with me going to, to DC, which is fine. I understand, but that was my choice, not theirs. Um, but they didn't shun me. You know, there's churches that shun people from their churches because they decided to go to DC or they're open. They're openly talking about being a Trump supporter or conservative. Um, and, and to me, that's not a real church. You know, that's, that's more of a cult. Agreed. Uh, versus Agreed. Agreed. Um, the RGS wants to know on Rumble, do you think that you were targeted because of your video footage goes against their narrative? 
Yeah, probably, probably why you ain't got it back either. That's exactly why I haven't gotten it back. No, yeah, that, that's probably what made me such an easy target, though. Right? I had enough footage. I mean, I had footage outside, inside the rotunda, what the police officers were doing, people high-fiving police officers, police officers saying that they were told to stand down. Like, I can tell you the amount of footage that I had um, can get them, you know, they should have it. Um, but I, I know for a fact that I was targeted because I was somebody who had footage there. That's why. That's why I was. That's why I was barred from Facebook, Instagram. Um, I think it was Clapper, one of the other ones. Twitter, the original time. Um, I was. Um, I was not banned, but I was. My TikTok was was paused for a short, like six months. I couldn't use it. Um, like all social medias put me out because I that I was posting uh, YouTube, right? All the major net, all the major um, social media platforms stopped me from using them because of. As soon as I was done on January 6th, I posted what I could post to that, that field, and it, that was it. That was they didn't want it. All right, let's switch to Tucker Carlson's coverage of the J6 footage and Mc, or, uh, damn it, what's his name? The house speaker of the house. Oh, that's supposed no, no, no. Yeah, so let's let's talk about let's talk about the footage that Tucker was able to put out that he got from Speaker of the House. Have you seen which, it? Which one? The the most recent one with J Jacob Chansley being escorted by the DC police. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't why why wasn't any of that used during the uh, January sixth committee hearing? Or why is that for for Jacob Chansley? Chansley got screwed over, and I think that, that's the that's that's at a fault of his his lawyer. All these J sixers who are being screwed over, our lawyers aren't going to do nothing for us. Listen, I, people could pretend all day that the, there's certain lawyers out there that that are championing us, and they could say it all damn day. But if they really had our best interest, they wouldn't be making us pay fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars to get absolutely nothing. Done. Right. You know what I mean? I wanted so that they, too. People keep people could say it all day. Oh well, this is a good lawyer. You just had it. No, it's it's he was a good enough lawyer. I wouldn't have got charged all four charges. I could see maybe one, but he was you know um, a buddy of mine who had the same lawyer uh, could tell you that there's some stuff that was going on in the back doors of stuff with our lawyer and the FBI. So he already knew. What was going to happen? He already knew that I was going to get charged. He didn't care. He didn't have my best interests. These lawyers don't have our best interests. So that's that's the problem we're, we're dealing with right now. There's no real justice, and that goes for a lot of things, not just January yeah. 6th. Right now that I've been a part of it, and I see it. There really is no legitimate justice in the justice system. Yeah, that's that's true. But has your has your opinion on I guess things politically changed since you've gotten out or since you went through this whole process and come out on this other than obviously the justice system is fucked. It's, I mean, it's always, I've been in and out of jail a lot. So I kind of was biased when I went into this, but has your opinion on everything changed? Well, I've always known the justice system is screwed. I mean, growing up, I, my, my family was in and out of prison, so I've never really cared too much for it. Um, okay. My political views have changed as far as, um, I have, I have, I have gone from being a conservative, and I've added myself to the uh, the, the Independent Party of Florida. Um, okay. I do not want to associate myself with anything that's conservative or Republican at the moment, um, because for me, um, right before I went into prison, being conservative was the cool thing. Like it was the cool thing to be, and somehow everybody was conservative, but forgetting what conservative means. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not conservative because it's cool. I'm conservative because of who I am because of my beliefs, my morals, my values. Um, I, I honestly, I don't think I should, do, I should belong to any specific party. I don't, you know, 
Um, there's a lot of us out there that feel the same way. There's a lot of us out there, but we we're associated with one because that's closer to what we want to be associated with, or just to say we're associated with it. But um, the Republican Party, they're just as bad think, as the Democratic. They're just as I bad as the Democratic Party. I think a lot more people are, you can, are walking away, just like you did. I think a lot no, of people I, I really hope so. I really hope so, because if you can't look, here, here, it's as simple as this. Was I a devout conservative? Yes. Was I a loyal Trump supporter? Absolutely. Am I anymore? No. I, again, my loyalty is to God. Now, here's the thing. If you could sit there and say that the Republican Party is better than the Democratic Party, you're, you're blind and you're, and you're not paying attention. Because when the Democratic Party, let's look at BLM riots, the summer of love. When they went through all that crap, what did the Democratic Party do? They bailed them out. They helped them. They said, we're going to pay Kamala they Harris. They hired, they hired him to begin with. Exactly, right? So they bailed them out. As soon as something hit the fan with the Republican Party, what did the Republican Party do to us? They, they, they sure did use you around. to. They sure used you to campaign. That's that why it. I was kind of curious about your thoughts because That's it. they sure That's have used you know, a lot of this so to campaign. This was the first time I've been deep into politics, and this is the last time I'll be deep into politics like this. And if I ever get into politics big time, it'll be to go, excuse me, to go against it. Because I don't agree with our Republicans and our conservative and our leadership in general. Chip, um, you know how crappy my leadership, my own representatives have been to me. Um, yep. Pretending to be champions of a certain thing and then turning their back on me. Me having to call them out at church because they won't take my phone calls kind of thing. I mean, if you're going to sit there and say that you, you want to help the January Sixers, but you have one in your backyard, the one who got the first person to be arrested and you're your district in, in northern in the northern part of Florida, and you pretended like I didn't exist. How is that you trying to help us out? Where is it? All they ever wanted was a sit down. But he's using the hell out of us. He's using the hell out of January Sixers for for clout. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's using the hell out of all of us to to make him seem like he's some good thing. And there's people that are falling for it. But as soon they as I say I something mean, like as soon as I say something like this, what happens? Oh, you're you're. You're not a loyal. No, I'm not a loyal supporter to you guys. No, I, I am disloyal to that certain party because that certain party has done a damn thing for me or my family. They turned their back on us is what they did. They 100% turned their back on us. The support I received was from other individuals just like myself. People like you, people like your followers, people who have more of an open mind to what the hell's going on around us. Those are the people who've been supporting me from the beginning to now. And those are the people that matter to me. These, these, we're the people that are going to eventually change the way things are, like you said, to having something that's more dynamic towards us. But whenever you hear people talking about cult this or cult that on the left and the right, it's one and the same. It really is. People are, I, people are, they're, they're tired of it. And this is kind of being proven true with the, the RFK Jr. run. And somebody mentioned in the comments. So Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is running yeah. for president. He's a very, more of a moderate Democrat. Um, your far, you know, your your hardcore conservatives aren't going to vote for him. But man, to this amount of support he's getting from, basically, you know, like us here in the middle, and he's just and he's gaining and gaining and gaining. And I really do think you're going to start seeing the dismantling of a two party system soon. I, people are just they're over it. We sit through these congressional hearings, and they're exactly right. It's like all they do is they bicker with each other about how each one of them is wrong, and nothing yeah. ever gets accomplished. So, JD, we, we, we only yeah. see that. Go ahead, sorry. No, no, you're fine. Go ahead. Oh no, I'm saying we only see we only see that part. We don't see what happens behind the closed doors when they're actually sitting there shaking hands and smoking cigars together. Yeah. 
when they're laughing about how they did this and they made the world do a specific thing because they pretended to hate each other in front of a camera. Mm-hmm. That's what people aren't seeing. They will, though. It's getting too hard not to anymore. I think people, and if people don't see it very, very soon, they're they're willfully turning a blind eye for whatever reason. Um, I don't know why you'd want to sit in so much comfort of a political party that never really resonated with me, but it is what it is. But JD, my guy, we're coming up on the hour, and I did. I have one more question I wanted to ask you before I do let you go. What's next for JD? Now that you're out and you've had this experience, you're gonna write a book. You're gonna create a documentary. What are you gonna do? <laughs> So I, I'll be in a documentary. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's uh, Nick Searcy. With, uh, he did the first Capital Punishment. Um, he has a second part coming out, and I'm actually in that documentary. Um, I, I don't know if, if my, my footage made it to that portion of it, but they followed me, um, talked to me about the things here, and actually followed me to, to, to Jessup when I turned myself in. So if it comes out, you guys will be able to see that, which I hope people do because, again, my story is about victory, not about being a victim. Um, we'll watch it. From, we'll do a watch party. From, yeah. From here, like I said, there's there's a lot of opportunities that are opening up. Um, there's a lot of um, different companies that have reached out to me that that want me to help produce and edit some things, which is amazing. And I'm still working for you know I'm still working for my church. I'm I'm doing all their production, trying to get them up to par. Um, but right now, literally, I'm taking it. I'm taking it slow. Um, you know, I still got a year of probation. Uh, we just got back from a family vacation, which was amazing. Well deserved, well needed vacation. Um, but I'm sticking. I'm sticking with film. That's that's my love. That's my passion. Uh, however, however it goes, it doesn't matter. As long as I have a camera in front of me, I'm I'm happy. Uh, but that's that's where I'm going. Uh, not probably not going to build up my company back the way it was. Uh, probably just going to do independent work for people. Um, but yeah, for the most part, that's that's where I'm at. I. I the great thing is, like I said, is that I'm not I'm not struggling. Um, my family's good. We're rock, we're, we're solid. Uh, lifestyle solid. Again, coming out of prison, look, that that six months there is probably the best thing that ever happened to me. So you know, I, I know people Weird don't want to hear that, but uh, I was able to take care. Of, I was able to take care of myself spiritually, mentally, and physically. 100% better than I ever have been, and um, I see a lot clearer now. And uh, Again, that stuff we were talking about at the very beginning about the SOs and, and, the, and the child trafficking stuff, that's stuff that um, I, I probably will, you'll probably see me more uh, involved in that kind of stuff. Um, I just, I got too deep into what was going on when I was in prison to hear the stories. Um, and it just it was sickening, disturbing, disturbing. Um, and, um, you know, I just, you know me, I have, a, I have a thing for helping people that can't help themselves. So uh, hopefully, you know, in the near future, there might be some stuff going on in Texas. Um, where I'll be working out of, um, not sure yet, um, hope, hopes and dreams, but great thing is again, like I said, we, we're good. We, we are amazing. Um, I'm, I'm happy that this is the worst, the worst part's over. I hope, I guess I, I'm, I'm assuming, um, right. but I made, I made it, you know, I made it out. I, I made it through, um, I'm trying my hardest not to get involved in the politics. I'm trying to stay, you know, uh, Christ oriented and all my stuff that I'm doing. Um, but yeah, that's, that's it. I'm trying to maintain a positive mindset. Um, that's all I want to be for people. I just want to be a positive. Uh, I am going to go, uh, take my ISSA, uh, courses to be a personal trainer. So that's one fun okay. thing I plan on doing. Um, uh, just, you know, I just, I was in prison for six months and learned a lot about working out. So I figured, <laughs> I figured I could bring it to the real world and get other people in shape too, you know? Um, right. 
so so there's a lot of fun stuff I plan on doing. You know, it's it's um, sky's still the limit. Like, I'm still still young, I guess, but um, I can tell you one thing: I'm still I'm still an American patriot. I'm still a Chicano patriot. I okay. still love my country. I still love what America means to me. Um, that doesn't mean that I have to be associated with a specific specific political party. Uh, I just love my country. I fought for my country. I bled for my country, and uh, I will continue to continue to fight for it. It might the fight might look different, but that's what I'm doing on the back end. So, I love it. Well, JD, thank you so much for coming on, and you guys, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate it. Today is Wednesday. We are back with the Nooners on Friday at noon Central Time, my time, Central Time. We're going to talk about everything. We're going to talk about Trump's indictment and kind of get an update as to where we are with that. We're going to talk about Biden's charges. We're going to talk about Lizzo because I want to. I know. I get it. People are like, we're not going to talk. Yes, we are. Because it's she's getting sued because she body shames. Shit. shit. You know what? We're going to talk about it Friday. It's fine. It's fine. That's it. That's all I get. It is. It's, it's going to be wild. <laughs> she was body shaming her dancers. They're suing her. She's like the body positivity queen, supposedly. She was feeding them bananas that weren't supposed oh, to Oh, you read it. Shh. We're going to talk about it Friday. Oh, I'm waiting. There's more. There's so much stuff coming out. I got to wait. I'm not even going to make a video on it. We're just going to talk about it Friday. Okay, that's it. There you guys, I love your faces. JD, thank you so much. Keep her moving. Take it easy. Tell your mom I says hi and watch out for deer. Bye, guys. Appreciate you. Take you on. Headstrong. You take on anyone. I know that you are wrong, you're hedged wrong, you're hedged wrong.